You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Tell your neighbor, he is the way maker. And you may be seated. Well, I want to speak to you this morning about, as, as you heard me say, the way maker. And I want to start out here in Isaiah chapter 43, in verse number 15. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Thus says the Lord who makes a way who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Tell your neighbour, God's doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, God introduces Himself as the way maker. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Despite how impossible it may look to you, you may not see a way, but He is the way maker. Now, I don't know what you're facing today, but I'm here to tell you that God has a way out for you. Isaiah is prophesying about the future when the Israelites would be captive, taken captive in Babylon. They were taken from their home in Israel. The temple of God was destroyed and they would spend 70 years in captivity. And the question that would burn in their heart was, is there a way out of this? Is this Hopeless. Is there a way home? It was to a people that were feeling completely hopeless, whose faith was reaching the breaking point, that God steps in and He has to reintroduce Himself and remind them that He is the way maker. Amen? Amen. And He refers to a time many years before when He made a way for the Israelites through the Red Sea. Now, maybe, the, maybe you've been feeling like those Israelites were. Maybe you feel like there's no way out. Maybe you've taken your eyes off of the Lord and you're looking at your situation and maybe you're feeling like the Israelites were. Maybe the difficulty of, uh, of what you are facing has clouded out the thoughts of He who is for you, of who He is. Maybe it's easy for us to forget the God who is on our side and who He is. He's the eternal, all-powerful, ever-present God, the one who makes a way where we don't see a way. Because Israel had forgotten that. And it's easy for us to forget that as well. So God reminds them of the time, the exodus from, from, from Egypt, when it seemed like there was no way out. It looked like certain death. 
What is God did what he does best? The impossible. He made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. Amen. In Exodus chapter 14, let's look at it, verse 13. It says, Moses told the people, fear not, stand still, firm, confident, undismayed, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians you've seen today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. Now, another translation of that says you only need to keep silent and remain calm. And the message Bible says God will fight for you and you, you keep your mouth shut. You see, if you want God to make a way for you where there seems to be no way, you must not speak out doubt and unbelief. You've got to keep speaking out words of faith. That's what David said in Psalm 116. He said, even when it seems like I am surrounded by many liars and my own fears, and though I'm hurting in my suffering and my trauma, I still stay faithful to God and speak words of faith. It's so important when you're in a situation and you don't see a way out, you've got to keep on speaking words of faith. You cannot speak out words of doubt and words of unbelief. If you want God to fight for you, if you want God to make a way, you've got to remain at rest in faith. In Hebrews, 1, in Hebrews 4 verse 1, the Bible says now, it says, God has offered to us the same promise of entering into His realm of resting in confident faith. In verse three, it says, for only we who believe God can enter into His place of rest. You see, faith is what releases God's power to work in your life. And when you are operating in faith, you will be at rest. You won't be worrying. You won't be anxious, you won't be fearful, you will hold your peace, you will be at rest. And if you're not at a place of rest, then you've got to keep on building your faith up. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You keep on hearing God's Word, keep on hearing God's Word until you come to a place where you have rest and peace. You might be in the middle of the storm. It might be raging around you. You may not see any way out, but you are at peace. You are at rest. You know that God is fighting for you and God is making a way for you. Amen. In Exodus 14, verse 21, it says, Moses stretched his rod over the sea. And the Lord opened up a path through the sea with walls of water on each side and a strong east wind that blew all that night, drying the sea bottom. So the people of Israel walked through the sea on dry ground. Amen. Now, this is what the Lord wanted the people of Israel to remember in the days of Isaiah when they didn't see a way out, that He is still the God who makes a way when there doesn't seem to be any way. And it's clear, it's clear to me that you can be following God's design plan for your life and still face 
challenging, muddy waters where you don't see a way through. All of us will face challenges at some time. And that's why in Isaiah 43, if you go back to the first two verses, verse two and three, it says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. And if you read the message translation, it says, when you're in over your head, I will be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not drown. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because why? Because I am God, your personal God, your Saviour. See, He's not just God of Israel. He's not just God over South Africa. He's my personal God who makes a way for me out. Amen. Now notice it doesn't say if you pass through the waters. It says when you pass through the waters. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. But He said, I will be with you. And that's what makes all the difference, knowing that the Lord is with you. In Psalm 66 verse 12, it says, We went through the fire, the flood, but you brought us out to a place of great abundance. And the Passion Bible says we passed through the fire and the flood, but in the end, you bring us out better than we were before, saturated with your goodness. Thank God He's able to make a way where no way may exist in the natural. Now that has, you know, this has positive and negative aspects because the negative aspect of go through, when the the Lord says, when you go through the fire, when you go through the flood, you know, I would have preferred something like, you know, when you go over it or when you go around it. But God said, when you go through it, But let me tell you, the positive aspect is that we get through that period of difficulty you're facing is not forever. It is just temporary. You don't have to set up camp in the middle of the waters because you're going through it. It's not your lot in life. Israel had to walk through the waters, but they kept on walking. They kept on progressing. They kept on moving forward. And when the mighty waters arise in your life, you will get through because God is the one who gets you through. Not only is He with you, He goes before you. The Bible says in Isaiah 45 two, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and I will cut the bars of iron. And if you read it from the Passion Translation, it says, I will march out in front of you and I will level every obstacle. Like the song says, you sing that song here. When I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way. So I am not afraid. 
before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, no valley where you won't find me. I am not afraid because he goes before you. Amen. The God who goes before you is breaking chains. He's leveling every obstacle. It's not going to be the way it used to be. You are stepping into a new season. God says, I am doing a new thing. Forget about the former things. Forget about what you've been through and get your eyes on where God is taking you to. Amen. You're not going to have to fight. God is cutting through the bars of iron for you. That means He's going to make things happen that you could never make happen on your own. The odds may be against you, but suddenly it's going to turn around. Suddenly you're going to step into a new level. How can it be? Because the God who goes before you is breaking the chains. He's cutting the bars of iron. He, he, amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 1 in verse 30, the Scripture says this, The Lord your God who goes before you is leading you. He's leading the way. He is fighting for you. Say, thank you, Lord, you go before me. You're leading the way. You're fighting for me. You're levelling every obstacle. He said, you saw with your own eyes what He did for you in Egypt. You saw what He did for you in the wilderness. How God, your God, carried you as a father, carries His child, carried you the whole way until you arrived here. But now that you're here, you won't trust God, your God, the same God who goes ahead of you in your travels to scout out a place to pitch camp, a fire by night and a cloud by day to show you the way to go. Just like God went before the Israelites and led them and fought their battles and took care of them in the wilderness. So God goes before you and fights for you. He will be your vindicator. He will make your wrongs right. He will take care of you. If you will just trust Him and look to Him and keep your peace and be at rest, then let me tell you, God will go before you and He will fight for you. Amen. I didn't have to fight for myself. God fights my battles for me. The Bible is filled with accounts of God fighting for His people, making a way where there was no way. Like when King Jehoshaphat, you all know the story well. King Jehoshaphat and the tribe of Judah, they were outnumbered. Three armies came against them to completely annihilate them. It looked hopeless. They were terrified. But the people came before God to seek help. And in 2 Chronicles 20, it says, they, they said this, our, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Have you ever been in a situation where you don't know what to do? I've been there many times. What are you gonna do? Keep your eyes on God. Keep looking to Him. Keep trusting Him to fight for you. Amen. They, you know what happened? The Spirit of the Lord came upon a young man named Jehaziel. And he said in verse 15, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Say, I will not be afraid. I will not be discouraged. This battle is not mine. This battle is God's. And what happened? The Lord fought for them and defeated their enemies. They were completely annihilated. In Joshua chapter 24, 
The children of Israel were up, they were up against seven nations who were mightier and stronger and bigger than them. They did not stand a chance. They could have easily thought, well, you know, I guess it's not meant to be. We're never going to take this land. There was no way in the natural, but God is the way maker. And He said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 9, He said, Here, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and go in to dispossess nations that are greater and mightier than yourself, great cities fortified up to, up, up to, up to heaven, people great and tall, the descendants of, of Anakim, whom you know, whom you've heard that it was said, who can stand before the descendants of, 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 of Anak? Therefore understand today that the Lord your God is He who goes before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and He will bring them down before you and you will drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. Amen. Now, how did God defeat and get rid of these seven mighty nations that Israel were facing? Did He send in the army, the tanks, the special forces? Did He call angels down from heaven? No, He sent an insect, an insect. He sent hornets ahead of them so they didn't have to fight. In Joshua 24 verse 12, it says, I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build and you live in them and you eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now you may not see how your situation could ever work out. But don't worry, God has plenty of insects. God has plenty of ways that you never even thought of. I love what the Bible says in Psalm 130 from the Passion Translation. If you haven't got a Passion Translation yet, I encourage you. I love reading the Passion Bible. Listen to what it says. This is why I wait upon you expecting your breakthrough. For your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. O Israel, keep hoping, keep trusting, keep waiting on the Lord, for He is tender-hearted, kind and forgiving. He has a thousand ways to set you free. Let me tell you, may, you may not see a way out of that situation. God's got a thousand ways to get you out of that. He may not do it the way you thought. That's why, you know what, I've learned to, to, I, I, I've learned to stop trying to figure everything out by myself. Stop trying to tell God how He's going to do it. You may be in the fire. You may be going through deep waters, but if you will hold your peace, if you will remain calm, God will make a way for you. He is the way maker. The Bible's filled of stories of God making a way where there was no way. Amen. 
God made a way of escape for three Hebrew teenagers named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were taken captive in Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar set up a big gold statue. It was, it was 30 meters tall. And whenever the music played, everybody had to bow down and worship the gold statue. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused. They wouldn't bow down. Why? Because God said, you shall not bow down to any graven image. And so they refused to bow down. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he flew into a rage. He had commanded that anyone who refused to bow down to the statue, to the image, they would be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 15, King Nebuchadnezzar said to these three young, they were teenagers. He said, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? But Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they replied, they said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve, He is able to save us and He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if He doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, Your Majesty, we will never serve your gods. We will never worship the gold statue that you have set up. And the king was so furious. He commanded that the furnace be heated up seven times more than, than normal. And he had Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego bound up and thrown into the furnace. The furnace was so hot that the soldiers who threw them in were consumed by the flame. They were killed. And look what happens here. Suddenly the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he, he jumps up in amazement. And he says in verse 24, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they said, true king, look, he said, I see four men. And they're loose and they're walking in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt. And the form of the fourth man is like the Son of God. Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and he said, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. He changed his tune. He said, come out and come here. And then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they came out of the midst of the fire. And the satraps and the administrators and the governors and the king's counsellors, they were gathered together. They saw these men on, on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head wasn't singed. Their garments weren't affected. The smell of, 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 of the fire was not on them. They didn't even smell like smoke. 
And Nebuchadnezzar spoke and he said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They have frustrated the king's word and they have not yielded their bodies that they should not serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, he said, I make a decree that, that, any, that any people or any nation or any language who speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego will be cut in pieces and their bodies shall be made an ash heap. Their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then he promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. There is no God who delivers like our God. He is the way maker. Not a hair of their head was, was singed. Their clothing wasn't damaged. They didn't, even, they didn't even smell like smoke. Now listen, God didn't deliver them from the fire, but He protected them through the fire. And what I wanna know is, who was that fourth man in the burning fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? You can find him all throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Numbers, he's the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of the army of the Lord. In Judges, he's the judge and lawgiver. In, in Ruth, he's the kinsman and redeemer. In Samuel, he's the prophet of the Lord. In First and Second Kings, he's the mighty king. In First and Second Chronicles, he's the Shekinah glory of God filling the temple. In Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the broken walls of life. In Esther, he's the queenly figure making intercession for her people. In Job, he's the ever living redeemer. In Psalms, he's the shepherd who restores my soul. In Proverbs, he's eternal. Eternal wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, He's eternal life. In the Song of Solomon, He's our lover and our bridegroom. In Isaiah, He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Lamb wounded for our transgressions. In Jeremiah, He's the righteous branch. In Lamentations, He's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, He's the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, He's the fourth man in the burning fiery furnaces of life. I wanna know who was that fourth man in the burning fiery furnace. In Hosea, he is the faithful husband. In Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's our mighty Saviour. In Jonah, he's the forgiving God of another chance. In Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's the evangelist crying for revival. In Zephaniah, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Haggai, He is the cleansing fountain open in the house of David. In Zechariah, He's the pierced son. And in Malachi, He's the son of righteousness with healing in His wings, who was the fourth man in the burning fiery furnace. In Matthew, He's the Messiah. In Mark, He's the wonder worker. In Luke, He's the son of man. In John, He's the son of God. In Acts, He's the giver of the Holy Ghost. In Romans, He's the justifier. In, in Corinthians, He's the sanctifier. 
sanctifier. In Galatians, He's the Redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, He's the Christ of unsearchable riches. In Colossians, He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Philippians, He's the God who supplies my needs. In Thessalonians, He's our soon and coming King. In, in, in Timothy, He's the mediator between God and man. In Titus, He's the faithful pastor. In Philemon, He's the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And in Hebrews, He's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, He's our great physician. In Peter, He's the chief shepherd. In, in First and Second John, He's everlasting love. In Jude, He's the Lord coming with 10,000 angels. And in Revelation, He's the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords. Can you shout Amen, somebody? Who was that fourth man in the burning, fiery furnace of life? Let me tell you who He was. He's the father to the orphan. He's the husband to the widow. He is the bright and the morning star. He's the brightness of God's glory. He's the express image of the person of God. He's the King of glory. He's the pearl of great price. He is the rock in a weary land. He's the cup that runs over. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the rod that comforts. He's the government of life. He is the miracle worker. He raises the dead. He heals the sick. He makes the blind see. He makes the deaf hear. He walks on the water. He feeds the multitude. He is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. And He is coming back again soon. Can you shout Amen, somebody? Hallelujah. Tell your neighbour, He's the way maker. He's the fourth man in the burning fiery furnace. Jesus is the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, let me tell you, not only is Jesus the only way to God, not only is Jesus the only Saviour, not only is Jesus the only way to be made right with God, He's the only Saviour the only way to heaven, but He is also still the way maker. For every situation you face in your life, He is the way. He hasn't changed. He's still the same. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's the faithful one. You can call on Him. You can trust in Him. He will save you. He will deliver you. He will make a way for you. In Romans 10, 13, we all know the Scripture well. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sometimes we think that verse is only talking about salvation. But the, the Greek word saved is the word sozo. I know you know this. It means the word sozo, it means to save, to deliver, to heal, to rescue from danger, from destruction, to make well, to protect, to preserve, to make whole, to do well. You see, if you read it from the message translation, Romans 10, 13, it says, everyone who calls help God gets help. See, He's not just the, Jesus said, I'm the way. It's not just the only way to be saved. He is the way for whatever you face in your life. He will make a way for you. He, Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, He said, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Tell your neighbour, Jesus wants you. Say, Jesus came so that you 
could have abundant life. Amen. The Passion Bible says, I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness, until you overflow. And the Amplified Bible says, I came that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus came to bring us abundant life. We are not just saved from our sins. Thank God for that. We are not just saved from hell. Thank God for that. We are not just saved from punishment. Thank God for that. But Jesus came to deliver you, to protect you, to provide for you, to give you abundant life in this world right now. I don't care what you are facing. It might look impossible. You may not see a way out, but I came to tell you today that He is a way maker. And I love this in 1 Corinthians 10 in verse 13 from the Passion Bible. I love this Scripture. Listen what it says. It says, we all have times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. Tell your neighbour, God will be faithful to you. He will screen the fil- and filter the severity, the nature and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to what? To trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out victoriously. Say, with every trial I face, God has provided a way of escape that will bring me out victoriously. If you will just trust Him, look to Him, follow Him, refuse to worry, refuse to be fearful, refuse to be discouraged, just keep on trusting God to make a way. Let me tell you, God will deliver you. God will fight for you. God will vindicate you. He will provide for you. He will protect you. He is the way maker. Jesus has made a way for me so many times, so many times. You know, sometimes pastors like to tell you of their victories, but they don't like to tell you of the challenges that they face. And I can tell you right now, I've faced many challenges. I've faced many times where I did not see a way out. Just recently, in 2018, our church, we bought bought another building. And we bought it for, we were meeting at a hotel, and a businessman saw me on TV and he, and he called, he said, can we meet? He said, I wanna sell you my building. He said, you don't need a bank, I'm gonna finance it. You don't need any down payment. I just want you to pay me the interest uh, of 5%. Uh, and it was $12,500 a month. And that was what we were paying to use the hotel. So I thought, well, you know, this makes sense. So we went ahead and we, and we bought it and we started, well, we didn't realise and we didn't take into fully account is how much it was gonna cost us to renovate the building. It cost us $400,000 and God made a way. We never had that money, but God made a way. The money came in. We totally renovated the building. We, we moved in in the beginning of 2019. One year later, COVID hit. And you know, what, you, know what that, you know what that was like. Now we never shut down one Sunday. I refused to shut down. They'd have to come and put me in handcuffs and take me away like they did to Rodney Howe Brown. Well, he surrendered himself. 
we never, we never stopped one Sunday, but a lot of people stopped coming. They'd watch online. About 50% of our church stayed home and watched online. And some of them never came back. And, uh, but the amazing thing is we went all through that and God was faithful. We, never, we weren't even late on one mortgage payment. We were, we were not even late. But then in the beginning of this year, I don't know what happened. It's like the devil came against the finance. I'm not sure. We've, Pastor Jill and I, Jill, we, we've been trusting God to be totally debt-free. Our building debt-free in our personal, that's what I'm believing God, debt-free. That's what we've been trusting God for the last year or so. And suddenly out of the blue, I had agents, uh, real, real estate agents calling me, say, I've got people who want to buy the building. Can we come and see, the, are you interested in selling? Can we show them? And I said, we haven't even thought about selling the building, but everything's for sale at a price. Come, come, come and take a look. And then what happened is the, our income in our church went down. And for the first time, even though we went all through COVID, we were struggling to make our payment. And for the first time, we got beyond 30 days late. We were over 30 days late. So we were in breach of contract. And the owner, a Jewish man, he immediately accelerated the loan, which means he called up the loan. We had to pay $3 million. And we didn't have $3 million. We tried to negotiate with him. He wasn't interested. He was dealing with his lawyers. I figured out what he was after. He wanted the building back because he wanted to get the building back and sell it and make a profit. We'd spent $400,000 on it. And so God made a way. Well, I didn't see a way because there was a clause in our contract that the moment we went into default, our interest went from 5% to 24%. So we were paying $2,000 a day in interest. We were paying $60,000 a month instead of 12, which is almost a million rand a month. And at that rate, I knew we're going to end up owing this man a lot of money. So I, God made a way. I said, we've got to put this building up for sale. We've had people interested. We put it up. Here's the miracle. Usually when you try to sell a building, especially a commercial building, it takes several months. And it takes several months to close. We sold that building for cash and closed in two weeks for... And here's a good part. We sold it for a million dollars more than we paid four, four, four and a half years ago. So we came out of this. We put a million dollars in the bank and we now are, are meeting at another church. We're sharing space with them because I'm. we're in the middle of a miracle. We are walking through the, 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 the sea is parted, but we haven't quite got to the other side, but we're getting to the other side. Because here's what I declare to you. We're going to get a better building and we're going to be able to pay cash for that building. And we're going to come out of this with a better building, debt free in the Name of Jesus. I believe God is making a way where I never saw a way. Now, you know, I've kind of cut that down, but I want to tell you what, no matter what you're facing, because I didn't see a way out of it. This looked like it could be the end for us. It, you may think it's the end for you, but God says, I am doing a new thing. Don't remember the former things. He's doing a new thing. I will make a path. I will make a way. I will turn it around. I will bring you went through the fire, but you're coming out better than what you were before, saturated with God's goodness in the Name of Jesus. Do you believe it today? Come on, I declare, I declare that Jesus is your way maker. I declare that, say this, I say, I declare Jesus is making a way for me where there seems to be no way. I will stand still, firm, confident, unafraid. I will hold my peace. 
I will trust God. I will follow Jesus. I will stay calm. I refuse to worry. I refuse to be anxious. I will give God praise. I thank You, Lord. Come on, say, I thank You, Lord. You're going before me. You're levelling the mountains. You are levelling the obstacles. You are fighting for me. God will bring me through this into a better place. In the end, I'm going to be better than ever before, saturated with the goodness of God. God is bringing me out of lack. He's bringing me into abundance. He's bringing me out of sickness. He's bringing me into health. He's bringing me out of bondage. He's bringing me into freedom. God will bring me out victoriously in the Name of Jesus. Amen and Amen. Come on, give God praise today.